The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, Court TV's Chanley Painter joins me again from Fairfax County, Virginia, where Johnny Depp's team is winding down his case in chief. We'll review all of the big moments, plus preview what to expect when Amber Heard gets to present her side of the story. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. I'm Vinnie Politan. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for downloading. This week we're talking, of course, about Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, a trial that has taken on a life of its own. Um, it is everywhere. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone is watching it. Uh, but there's only one network that is covering it the way uh, that it needs to be covered, and that's Court TV. Our cameras, our microphones are inside the courtroom, and um, our people on the ground in Fairfax County, Virginia, uh, getting a firsthand look at everything that is happening. So um like to bring in Court TV legal correspondent Chanley Painter, who has been there since hey, day baby. one. Hey, Chanley, um, just off the top here, before we get into what is being said inside the courtroom and the evidence and the testimony, just describe for me how this um, scene down in Fairfax County has evolved since the beginning of this trial. Because, uh, he, you know, I, I speak to you every time about this, but it, it seems every time I talk to you, it, it just seems to... Um, Get bigger and bigger is, is, I guess, the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's like snowballing or avalanching. And I I keep telling you almost every night on your show, we've had the biggest crowd yet. And every day I'm like, there's a bigger crowd today. It keeps growing and growing, Vinny. And, you know, I was outside yesterday when Johnny Depp left the courthouse. It was complete chaos. Dozens and dozens of people lining the road behind the courthouse to catch any sort of glimpse of Johnny Depp to the point that they were yelling, screaming, chasing his SUV, trying to throw gifts into him, uh, touch his hand out the window. I was really concerned for some of their safety, actually, Vinny. Yeah, and I think, you know, as the trial began, I don't know if people necessarily knew this thing was coming. You know, it, it sort of snuck up on on America. And then once Court TV and, and others who are, are taking our feed, our pool feed that we're providing, um, started showing this to the world. People, people started to notice, and I think it's taken some time for them to figure out where Fairfax County, Virginia is, but uh, quite a different scene than, than week one of this trial uh, down in, in Fairfax County, Virginia. So let's, let's get into the courtroom now. And this has been a trial where Johnny Depp is suing for defamation. I mean, the, the point of his case is to prove that Amber Heard was not a victim of domestic violence at his hands, right? Like he did not abuse her. When she said that, that she was abused by him, she was lying and she was defaming him and she damaged him. But much of this has also focused on the fact that Johnny Depp is saying, not only did I not abuse Amber Heard, but she was abusing me, and he's testified about that, and we've talked about it, but he's got some witnesses who he's put on the stand, including his bodyguard, 
talking about this. Let's take a listen. Can you generally describe for us what you remember about the, the marks you saw on Mr. Depp? What I noticed straight away was most of these marks and most of these things through my training was happening in the left-hand side of his face. And it would be scratches on his neck, maybe a, a, a fat lip in the corner, maybe a bruising on, on the eye socket. On the left-hand side, under his eye, there's a swelling. And you see a, a swelling just on the left-hand side of his nose and under his left eye. And what do you interpret that swelling to be? Do, what, do I, what do I interpret it as? That's, uh, either he's, he's walked into a door or a door's walked into him. <laughs> An amazing witness, by the way, his, his bodyguard. But this is, you know, and Johnny Depp's witnesses, a, a lot of them are people that have worked uh, with him or for him for many, many years and know him very well. Uh, but it seems the picture that Johnny Depp is painting is that the abuse at the hands of Amber Heard for him as a victim began early on in this relationship. Yeah, basically almost towards the beginning of the relationship. And it, according to Johnny Depp's testimony, started out well with Amber Heard. She was wonderful by all accounts. And he said it was about a year and a half into the relationship with her that he started to notice some red flags in her behavior in her wanting to control him and in how she could just go from zero to 60 in no time, Vinny. And he described that on the witness stand, but then now to see and hear from his bodyguards who spend a lot of time with him. Uh, There's been a handful of bodyguards on the stand so far and each offer something unique here. And this was one of the first photos through this witness that the jury was able to see a potential bruising to Johnny Depp during his honeymoon, Vinny. On the honeymoon. And it happened on the Orient Express, didn't it? Right. The Orient Express. And of course, that's Malcolm uh, Connolly talking about how he noticed swelling under Johnny Depp's left eye and that it was really contentious honeymoon. (laughs) Can you believe it? A honeymoon. And he feared for his boss's safety. That's unbelievable. You've got a bodyguard and and the picture that Johnny Depp and his team are painting in the courtroom is that part of their job was to keep Johnny safe from Amber. And it, it's fascinating. It's shocking. I didn't expect this twist in the whole case. I thought it was going to be, no, I didn't abuse her. No, it's I didn't abuse her. And she was abusing me. Now, let's get back to, to her. Um, because there was a witness who testified, um, the concierge, uh, from where they lived, I guess that's what we could call him and sort of an independent witness, right? Cause he doesn't, he's not directly on Johnny Depp's payroll. Let's take a listen to what he has or has not ever seen. They asked me if I remember seeing anything. I said, I just don't recall seeing any marks and bruises because she was just sitting in front of me. I just don't remember seeing anything. Just don't remember. If it, how it would have been so obvious, like someone had like a black eye, I would have like, whoa, you know, I would have seen that. And I would have remembered. She was like three feet away from me. She was right in front of me. I just don't remember seeing any marks, bruises or anything. But you don't know whether she was wearing makeup to cover it, do you? No, I don't know. I, I, she was wearing any makeup to cover it, probably. 
you know, the, the probably would you would probably would cover any bruise, but you cannot cover the swelling. Were you looking for swelling? No, like I said, I was not looking for anything. I always make eye contact with someone that I'm talking to, but I'm not looking to find something like, like oh, your makeup is wrong, uh, you, you haven't uh, have changed your eyebrows, or your uh, eyelashes are not even, or I'm not looking for anything. I'm just looking at their eyes, and I'm, looking, I'm not looking for anything else. But if I see something, I will re probably will remember. If you saw something, right? Yeah, I, I would have probably would see, like, if she had a swollen, like, if she was wearing makeup, probably would have been seeing the swollen. I probably would remember that. But I was not looking for anything. I was like, oh, you know. How, how swollen was Amber on the 25th of May? How swollen was her cheek? Well, according to the pictures you, you, I've been seeing right now that you're showing me, it was pretty swollen. I would probably would remember that. This was a witness. Chanley, describe for us where he's testifying from, what he's doing while he's testifying, because this was a, a, an, an amazing moment uh, in the middle of this trial. Vinny, I've never seen a deposition quite like this. Bizarre, I think, is a good word to describe Alejandro Romero, who didn't really seem like he wanted to comply with his subpoena for this deposition. He's in his car, first of all, and he's a little impatient with some of the questions and the answering and seems to be stressed to the point that he starts vaping, but it's off camera at first, Vinny. So he kind of leans to the side off, off of this cell phone video, by the way, for this deposition. And you can see some smoke puffing over here. And we're, we're a little curious as to what he's doing. And finally, he just doesn't care anymore. He, he just vapes on camera as he's answering questions. And then he drives away while answering questions. And uh, the look on the judge's face, though, when this ended, priceless. <laughs> The, the bottom line, though, uh, you know, he's a reluctant witness, but he's somewhat independent. He's, he's not on Johnny Depp's payroll. Right. He is someone who saw Amber Heard and said he did not see any of the bruising. And this yes. is significant because this is around the time and the injuries that the defense alleges um, happened to her that were the subject of the restraining order, right? Yeah, Vinny, this is the day before Amber Heard goes to court and files an ex parte temporary restraining order and shows the world her bruised face. And Alejandro Romero talks about seeing her the day before. We just heard him. He doesn't notice anything on her face, no swelling, no bruising, redness, anything like that. Uh, he couldn't say whether or not she was wearing makeup, but he said it would be pretty obvious if she was. So that is huge for Johnny Depp's case. And again, he's just someone that worked in the building. He manned the front desk at the Eastern Columbia building where they lived. And where this takes us is to the point that it seems Johnny Depp's team will argue that these bruises that we see in, in video of her walking out of the courthouse after getting that re restraining order against Johnny Depp, he wasn't there, but we see her walking with her people. She's got a bruise on her face. Then it would have to be Self-inflicted, I think, is the argument that Johnny Depp and his team are going to have to make here. Yeah, that is what they will argue. This was made up. This was framing Johnny Depp. This was all a hoax, according to Johnny Depp's team, because Romero's not the only witness that they called to talk about in the days after that incident on May 21st, 2016. 
nobody noticed any injuries to Amber Heard's face and they saw her in good lighting. They didn't notice any makeup covering anything. And this restraining order Vinny filed seven days, six days after this abuse incident happened and she all of a sudden has bruises. That is where Johnny Depp's case is going. And it's not really the only testimony this jury's heard about post incidents and people seeing her without any alleged injuries. And, and, and if the jury believes that she is setting him up there, they may very well discount all of her testimony. They could discount her entire story because they could believe and there'll be a jury instruction. That if you think she lied about this and, and just human nature tells you, if, if, if you're going to set him up with this and if they believe it, right, they have to believe it first. But if they believe this whole thing was a setup based upon getting a better divorce settlement or for whatever reason, um, then they may very well not believe anything she says when she gets on the witness stand. Uh, that's why this is such an important issue uh, for Johnny Depp and an important issue for Amber Heard as well. Okay, let's get back to Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp as a, a victim here, which is, again, part of what the uh, case, the plaintiff's case, Johnny Depp's case is all about. Here is uh, his bodyguard. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a, a fist and an arm come across my right shoulder. And uh, I heard and saw a closed fist um, contact Mr. Depp in the left side of his face. And whose fist was that? That was Miss Heard's fist, Amber Heard's fist. Another huge moment in this case. Again, though, um, this witness is someone who works for Johnny Depp, right? Or or Johnny Depp is a client of his. Exactly. For about nine years, I believe it was, six or nine years, something like that, he's worked with Johnny Depp, mostly when he's in Los Angeles. And this body, bodyguard is huge, Vinny, because his name's Travis McGiver, and he is the one who can tell this jury that he observed Amber Heard make contact with Johnny Depp. He observes physical abuse. Other bodyguards have talked about her throwing items at him and berating him with vile language and seeing injuries afterwards. But this is a bodyguard who actually witnessed firsthand, allegedly, Amber Heard punching Johnny Depp. And that's huge. You know, I think this issue is you can look at it two different ways. If someone is an abuser, can they come out and say, I'm a victim of abuse, right? Even if, even if this concept of mutual abuse is adopted by the jury, right? And they believe that Johnny's giving and Johnny's getting, um, is it legitimate for them to come out and say, I'm a domestic violence victim or a victim of domestic abuse if it's mutual fighting, right? And and I know this is like splitting hairs, sort of, but to me, it goes against the spirit of what Me Too is all about. It goes against the spirit of what is a domestic violence victim if a couple is fighting. If the jury walks away from this and believes that this couple is just constantly fighting, and one of them comes out and says, I'm a victim of domestic abuse, and tries to capitalize on that, um, 
they may not appreciate that and and they could potentially hold that against her. I, I think that is a big, big part of this case is just human nature, how you react to the, the original picture that was painted here by Amber Heard and her public relations people. Yeah, Vinny, it's kind of hypocritical, right? You try to put on a front of being this victim of domestic violence when there's evidence that you have perpetrated it on your previous partners. It's not just Johnny Depp. Remember, she was arrested for punching her former partner, Tasha DeRi, who was expected to testify even before Johnny Depp. And her mugshot was taken. This was observed by airport police in Seattle. And so it it doesn't make her any more likable, right? When you're in a trial, a jury has to like you, to want to side with you. And that fact does not help her, especially if we have experts coming in saying, look, this was a mutual between the parties. And, you know, there is a way for this jury to to account for that in, in a civil verdict, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I look at this case and, and, and as the evidence is coming in, and again, we are halfway through, we're only through Johnny Depp's case. So as in any criminal case, you'd expect the evidence to be tilting one way at this point of the trial because the other side hasn't presented their witnesses. But if the jury believes this half of the case and they believe the second half of the case, then it's a case of mutual abuse. And are you legitimately a victim of abuse if you're giving and getting. It seems like it's more like a fight. It's more like a toxic relationship and it's disingenuous. Um, but I don't know what the jury's going to do with that. And as they try to apply defamation law to all of this, it's, it's really uh, a tough one to predict. Let's listen to one more um, piece of testimony from the bodyguard talking about a Red Bull can. I saw Miss Heard throw a Red Bull can from her position um, that struck Mr. Depp in the back. Anything else that you recall? At that point, I moved closer to Mr. Depp. I didn't care um, that I was in the middle of their conversation at that point. I didn't want my client getting hit with anything else. So... I stood right by Mr. Depp. Um, the verbal uh, onslaught continued from from both of them. Um, Mr. Depp was giving as good as he got at that point. Um, he was he was angry and agitated. Um, at one point, Miss Heard threw something else. Uh, either a purse or some sort of bag or something that she had up there. Um, I was able to knock it away so it didn't hit him. At one point, she spit at him. Um, yeah, and then just just a lot of a lot of verbal vitriol from both of them. This is unbelievable testimony. Um, not the first witness to talk about Amber Heard spitting at someone, by the way. And, and you've got a bodyguard protecting his client from his own spouse. What an ugly picture. An absolutely ugly picture for Amber Heard. Stepping away just for a second from 
the defamation case and, and proving defamation, and we say it over and over again, in this country, thank goodness, because of the First Amendment, very difficult to prove, very di- especially with a public figure. Uh, that being said, um, this, this case put in by Johnny Depp and his team was extremely powerful and, and game-changing, I think, in, in the way everyone is looking at this relationship. Because if you go back in time, I didn't pay close attention to it. Um, but I just remember headlines. Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, he drinks too much. And I guess he, he beats his wife, period. End of story and end of Jack Sparrow. But um, kind of a, a different picture that has been painted uh, inside that courtroom, Chanley. Yeah, the bodyguards really all corroborate each other's story. I mean, all really Depp's plaintiff witnesses, you can see elements of corroboration, of consistency in their statements for how they describe Amber Heard and how she was in the relationship with Johnny Depp. And that's important, of course, for his case. But what really sort of, you know, your heart goes out to Travis McGivern because at one point in his testimony, he talked about it was his fault almost that he couldn't protect his boss. That's what was coming across in the courtroom, that he failed his boss. And there he talks about Johnny Depp having a nice shiner under his eye after Amber Heard punched him. And, and he says, Johnny Depp turned to me and said, pointed to it and said, this is your fault. And he said, yes, that was my fault. I should have protected him. We knew how she was. And that does not, that does not look good for Amber Heard. Like you said, we will, we will hear her side of the case when that begins. But in that courtroom right now, Vinny, that is the picture that they have painted about who Amber Heard is in those situations. And not only have they heard it from testimony, they heard it in recordings, Vinny, too, how she berates him and yells at him in those uh, heated moments. Absolutely. And they've seen the photos of Johnny Depp as well. They've seen his, his face beaten up or bruised up. However, you know, maybe the defense has another explanation how it all happened. It's unbelievable. So um, this part of the case we've been talking about is is really connected to the liability aspect, which is, okay, did she, did Amber Heard lie? Did Amber Heard uh, abuse Johnny Depp? Did Johnny Depp abuse Amber Heard? So that's all, all connected to the liability aspect of the civil case. But there's two pieces, right? There's two pieces to a civil case. Johnny Depp has to prove, number one, that she lied about him. Uh, but he also has to prove damages, that these lies have resulted in damages. So when we come back, there was some uh, interesting testimony kind of taking us inside the Hollywood world about Johnny's alleged damages. We'll talk about that when we come back. He said, if you leave, I am going to kill you. The killer, you know. They were a perfect family, but never suspected. I'll find you one way or the other. Someone they knew with Tamron Hall. Sunday, 9, 8 central on Court TV. Do you believe that the filing of this lawsuit reflected in Carino deposition exhibit number 14 and the attendant publicity has had a negative impact on the reputation and career of Mr. Depp? No. And why not? Because I've stated previously, it's not about the filing of a lawsuit. It's about 
the coverage? My opinion of what Johnny's reputation today is one of the finest actors of his generation. Reputation. That is a huge issue in a defamation case because that's part of what you, you've got to prove is that you've damaged the reputation and, it, and it's resulted in, in, in financial damage. And, and Johnny Depp, if you go back in time, I think it's 2012, set the Guinness Book of World Records for highest paid actor of all time. Okay, back in 2012. You flash forward 10 years where we are now, and he's not getting the big studio projects. They're just not happening for Johnny Depp. And he is pointing to Amber Heard as being the reason why. Her alleged lies impacted his career, damaged his reputation, damaged his ability to make money, those big blockbuster movies. Chanley Painter, Court TV legal correspondent, is still with us. This is another, this was a fascinating look inside the world of Hollywood and, and how it works. Because Johnny Depp was on a roll with Pirates uh, uh, of the, the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean, depending upon, you know, Caribbean, where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic movie series, by the way. Absolutely. And he had done five of them. And we've heard testimony about what was happening during the filming of Pirates 5. That's when Johnny Depp's finger is severed, either by his own actions or by the actions of Amber Heard. But then 6 has never occurred, has never happened. And Johnny Depp is not getting the big roles anymore. And that seemed to be crystal clear inside the courtroom. And not just by one witness, multiple witnesses have been put forth by Johnny Depp's case to basically say the same thing, that ever since the allegations from Amber Heard were released that he was a domestic abuser, particularly, of course, since the op-ed in 2018, because that's why we're here, that he has not had any major studio roles. And they put on experts in the entertainment industry with decades of experience. They put an expert on social media and internet analytics, Vinny, who studied Q scores to show that his popularity over the years have, has waned because of these allegations. They put forth his talent manager, his talent representative, his agent, all to say that that op-ed was devastating to his career, even putting a CPA, a forensic CPA, to show line by line the money they allege he has lost over the years upwards of $40 million because of these allegations. So it'll ultimately come down to the jury putting two and two together that, yes, it was the op-ed and only the op-ed that caused this, right? And they can consider context, of course. But that's why we're here. That's what this case is about. But yes, talk about a fall from grace. Uh, just millions lost, allegedly. And from my perspective, you know, the jury can look at this a couple different ways. Obviously, it's, it's ultimately about the op-ed in 2018. But if you go back in time to 2016, if this jury believes that back in 2016, um, when she went to get that restraining order, that she made that all up, that she self-inflicted a bruise on her face to make Johnny Depp look like an abuser, um, while technically by the letter of the law and the instructions of the judge they cannot that cannot be the basis that does not help her in the way they look at the rest of the evidence and and i think for this jury it it, it may be challenging at times to distinguish between um actions and and what has occurred between these two 
in, in a continuum of this relationship uh, and, and exactly what the cause and effect is, right? Are the allegations in 2016 the cause or are the reinstitution of these allegations two years later the cause? And the Amber Heard's team is really trying to go back in time. Like Amber Heard's team would say, hey, if, if you believe it was the 2016 allegations and it is what caused it, then we win. But you kind of you win the battle, but you lose the war in that you're you're really arguing that, yeah, your client destroyed his career. And if the jury believes it was all made up, I mean, I don't know if they would argue to the jury, even if you believe Amber Heard made it all up in 2016, if that was the cause, then, you know, you can't say that. So I think underneath all of this, you know, we can't lose sight of the big picture that's being that's been painted so far. And I keep saying painted to Chanley Painter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Do you notice that that's being created inside this courtroom um, can be extremely powerful and persuasive on the jury, I think. Absolutely. And remember, the defense not only points to other negative publicity, which they put forth in a giant stack of papers. I remember that moment when Johnny Depp was testifying, handed him this giant stack of negative headlines in the months and years leading up to the op-ed in 2018, saying that his career was already going downhill. And it was his own fault, Benny, because he was abusing drugs and alcohol. He was late for set. He, his movies weren't doing as well as the box office because his popularity was going down. And so that's the theme of her case is it was something else. He had already been on the demise before 2018. Plus, they also started to point yesterday really heavily to The Sun UK article, which he also sued them for libel. That was before this op-ed and that judgment that happened before this. So, however... Johnny Depp's team does say that while, yes, those 2016 allegations affected him and his work, he was still getting work. He was still scoring movies. Pirates of the Caribbean was still in the works for number six. And it was after this December 2018, I think just three days after this op-ed, talk about timing, right? Disney dropped him for good. So I think that's really strong for Johnny Depp. Yeah. To me, a, a timeline. Tell, I mean, sometimes two plus two does equal four. Like, you, you, are you really, you're going to tell me that they, they dropped them, but it was three days after the op-ed and that, that, that has nothing to do with it. I mean, it has, to me, that's a tough argument to be made by Amber Heard. Let's take a listen to Johnny Depp's uh, current agent describing how this op-ed impacted his client, Johnny Depp. How, if at all, was the op-ed different from other articles you had read about the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard relationship? It, you know, it was a first person account coming from the victim. Uh, it's extremely impactful. Impactful in a, in a good or bad way. For, on, you know, with respect to Johnny, it, it was it was catastrophic because it was coming from, you know, uh, a first person account. It was not from a journalist. It was not from someone observing. It was from someone saying this happened to me. I think he's right on there. That to, to me, that really resonated with me. That little piece of testimony. It may not seem like a lot, but you know, Hollywood actors, when they're up on, on, on up, up top, a lot of times there are hit pieces and attack pieces. And that's, that's a reality, right? But it's it's much different if the so-called um, accuser or alleged victim comes forward, then it amplifies it. And after she came forward, all of a sudden he gets dropped 
from Pirate 6, Chanley. That's right. And it's the height of the Me Too movement, you know, back in 2017, 2018. And there's been testimony that even some of these Hollywood corporations have this new clause that was created back then where if allegations are put forth, it gives them the right to terminate whoever it is without cause and to believe these accusations without a trial or without vetting them first. That's the climate that this was all happening in at that time. And I think that's something that Johnny Depp's team continues to bring up for a reference point about how damaging this really was to his career because he was put out there with Harvey Weinstein and all the others who uh, were put on trial for what they had done. And and we saw it. I mean, it seems like ages ago, but it wasn't, you know, the height of the Me Too movement. We We saw careers ended like that i mean they just ended and you know if you if you're someone like matt lauer who was working in, in at a, a daily job it was very clear to see when it ended right is when he stopped showing up on the today show but for an actor it's different right because they you, you, you it's not like every day you see an actor going to work i mean they're filming something and 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 then two years later it comes out so you don't quite have that same um feel for it as a member of the public. But that's the one thing that that I think Johnny Depp's team did a good job of of putting in front of this jury, which is a, a important because it's an element of what they need to prove. Exactly. That's the, why we're here. That's inherent in defamation, right? You have to have an injury to your reputation and have suffered damages. So that's why it is so important and to pinpoint it to this article, which is troublesome, it seems at times. Uh, I think the defense will really try to point out in their case as it starts other causes, other reasons, as they have been on cross-examination and putting forth through these witnesses. So I think that's really what this is going to come down to, Vinny, because that's, you know, we have all these years of context and allegations, all the soap opera we've been hearing. But the question for the jury is quite limited. It really is. It really is. Um, and I and I wonder, you know, I always think about, you know, is is, is the point of this suit really to win the defamation, or is it to win the court of public opinion? We shall see. Chanley Painter, I know you've got to get back inside the courtroom because that's where she is all the time down in Fairfax yep. County, Virginia. I'm a professional jury watcher. <laughs> there you go. Thanks so much, Chanley. Thanks, Vinny. When we come back, I want to talk about the public relations, the PR nightmare that this case is and has been and Actually, this entire trial exists because of a PR nightmare. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. From my perspective, this entire thing that we're seeing play out down in Fairfax County, Virginia, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, is just um, PR gone wild. Public relations gone wild on many different levels. And I want to begin with... um, why this trial is even happening. It's happening because of bad public relations, bad PR, okay? And I say that because it all reverts back to the op-ed 
which Amber Heard put out in 2018 in the Washington Post. But if you look at where that op-ed really came from, it didn't come from Amber Heard. It came from the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union PR department. Yes, yes, it came from the ACLU's PR department. Because after she split from Johnny Depp and they had their final divorce settlement agreement, right, and their non-disclosure agreement, she said she was going to donate the $7 million that Johnny Depp was giving her to two charities, one of which was the ACLU. So in some respects, she had sort of promised the ACLU, you're going to get $3.5 million. ACLU, pretty happy about that. So their PR department says, hey, let's, let's make this into, a, um, into an op-ed and we'll get some press out of it. It was a PR stunt. And, and they actually write the op-ed. The, wash, the, the ACLU PR department writes the op-ed. They do a first draft. Johnny Depp's name is all over the thing. Amber Heard and her team and her lawyers look at it and say, well, we can't do that because we have a non-disclosure agreement with Johnny Depp. You know, you get a divorce, you get a bunch of money, you, you end up signing papers saying we're not going to talk about each other anymore. So they try to be a little cute about it and write about her uh, uh, alleged abuse at the hands of Johnny Depp without actually using Johnny Depp's name. And, and this is why this happened, because there's a non-disclosure agreement. Then all of a sudden, Johnny Depp sees this op-ed. He knows it's about him. And there's an article in USA Today saying this is about Johnny Depp. And all of a sudden, uh, it becomes a PR nightmare, which results in a lawsuit now that has become the biggest PR nightmare uh, in, in Amber Heard's uh, uh, career. Because it's not playing well for her. I mean, this trial is going so bad for Amber Heard right now. And I'm, I'm not saying in the, in the courtroom in front of the jury. I'm saying publicly that she fired her PR team and hired a brand new team just as she's getting ready to take the witness stand. So she knows this thing is a nightmare for her. But it was a nightmare created by another PR department. So, um, and don't forget about the timing of this. This was released like right before Aquaman or within a week of Aquaman, her first big blockbuster movie that she was starring in. Like the whole thing's a publicity stunt, like using Me Too to get some publicity for your movie. That's how it's playing out right now publicly, which turns the whole thing into a PR nightmare and a half. Now she's hired a new PR firm. And my guess is, like every other PR firm, they're going to try to control the story and use that word that we hear all the time now, control the narrative. But here's the problem. You know, the first trial that happened over in the UK, uh, PR people could have some impact perhaps on controlling the, the narrative there. Uh, the narrative was really controlled by, by journalists uh, who were inside the courtroom reporting on it because there were no cameras, no microphones. So the public never got to see and hear the evidence in that case, right? Or the arguments. What they saw was secondhand accounts. And they saw it through the filter of whatever journalists wanted to see it through. And um, if those journalists kind of lean a certain way and, 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 you know, lean a certain way when it comes to Me Too issues, et cetera, 
that's the filter through which, through which the public was being fed all the information from the first trial. So the narrative there could be controlled somewhat because it's all secondhand. But now court TV cameras and microphones are inside the courtroom. You can't control the narrative. The public sees and hears all the evidence firsthand. They make up their own minds. And what's happening right now, overwhelmingly, is support for Johnny Depp and, and, and an anti-Amber Heard sentiment. For instance, if, if, if you look on TikTok, and I did this yesterday, the hashtag justice for Johnny Depp versus the hashtag justice for Amber Heard, right? Justice for Johnny Depp, 6.6 billion views for that hashtag. 6.6 billion for Amber Heard. 24.5 million. Now, it's not an exact science, but that kind of gives you an idea of what's happening and why she fired her PR firm and hired a new one. But the public is seeing and hearing the evidence, and the public that is talking about it on social media is overwhelmingly pro-Johnny Depp. Should have no influence whatsoever on, on, the, on the seven jurors who will decide this case, but gives you an idea of what's happening in, in, the, in the public square where people are talking about this case. And, and that's the advantage that court TV gives you with cameras and microphones inside a courtroom. You don't have to rely upon some reporter who has their own little way of looking at the world, giving you the information and telling you what's happening in the courtroom and trying to somehow color your opinion of the case. Instead, you see and hear the evidence, you make up your own mind, just like the seven jurors will make up their own minds collectively and come to a verdict in this case. So if you, if you take a step back and look at what's happening there and saying, oh my goodness, this is crazy, what is happening? From Amber Heard's perspective right now, it's a PR nightmare. And for Johnny Depp, it's a PR dream. Because you have to remember where Johnny Depp began this case. For many people, he began this case as someone who was canceled. He was canceled. And now he's trying to get his reputation back, trying to get his name back, and trying to let the public see what was actually happening in their relationship, that it wasn't as simple as drunk man beats woman. It's much more nuanced, much more complicated. And I think we are seeing that play out. Now, it's time for her to present her evidence. She'll present her evidence. She'll testify. She'll have witnesses in her support. They will go after Johnny Depp. This whole thing could turn around. It could do a 180. It absolutely can. That's why you got to watch Court TV to see what's going to happen inside that courtroom. And you can watch it every day. If you have a digital antenna, um, just uh, scan it, rescan it. You'll find Court TV. We're distributed everywhere. Uh, go to CourtTV.com, where to find us, and you'll figure out a way to watch our gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage of all the nation's biggest trials, including Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. And then don't forget to watch me every night from 8 to 10, bringing you all the big moments and the uh, analysis from the best experts uh, around uh, each and every night. Thank you so much for listening, so much for downloading. I'm Vinny Politan. Have a great week. And as always, don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to courttv.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.